This podcast is brought to you by Alliance Motor Auctions. Has your car shit itself? Then you've got to go with Alliance. It's the easiest way to buy a quality car at a very competitive price. Located in Moorbank, New South Wales. Call 02-9822-7200 or visit www.allianceauctions.com.au South Coast Window Furnishings. Have your window furnishings shit themselves? Then you've got to get in touch with SCWF. They service the south coast of New South Wales from Wollongong to Bermagui. Give Jamie a call for a free quote on 0408 812 007 or like them on Facebook at South Coast Window Furnishings. Elite Sports Physiotherapy. Has your back or another part of your body shit itself? Then look no further than ESP. Established in 2006, Elite Sports Physiotherapy provides physiotherapy and massage services to the people of Melbourne. Located on the mezzanine level, 13-15-1 Freshwater Place in Southbank, Melbourne. Give them a call on 03-8640-0328 or visit elitesportsphysio.com.au today. Also, special thanks to verse.com.au for putting the finishing touches on this podcast. Cheers. Hello there. Hope you're well. This week's guest is American stand-up comedian Mike Goldstein. Mike and I caught up in Perth, WA. We talked about Mike's early life in Kansas City, how he ended up living in Australia, and why his podcast, The Phone Hacks, makes comedians so anxious. This is Taking It Easy with Daniel Connell. Mike Goldstein, thanks for taking it easy with me today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Mate, no worries at all. <laughs> we're in your little hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We're currently in the Ibis in Perth. It's quite nice. Yeah. It does, does the job. I know. Uh, here doing some gigs with yourself in Perth this weekend. A lot of gigs. Um, you've just come from tennis. You had a hit of tennis today. It's where you've come from. I played tennis today. I did. Yeah. Uh, would you say you're the world's best Australian-based American stand-up tennis player? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think the American qualifier means yes. <laughs> but if you just said stand-up comedian Australian tennis player, then no. Oh, really? Yeah. There's some heat out there. There's some heat out there. There's a, a, the, a tennis coach that does stand-up in Sydney, Ben Caution. Right. And he's, you played him Yeah, before? I played him. And it was competitive, but he still won. And then there's... I didn't ter- know Ben was a tennis coach. Yeah, he's a tennis coach. Yeah. I think he was an elite touch footballer as well. Yeah. So he's, he's quite he's, a sporty yeah, star. He's good, Ben. And he's obviously good enough to coach. And um and then uh Turbo Hunk Ash Williams <laughs> is a is a is he pretty good? he's a weapon. Really? He reckons he was top twenty in juniors in Australia. <laughs> but with him I don't know whether it's wouldn't surprise you though. Yeah. With yeah. Ash but I played good. him and he's easily the best player I've played against in Australia. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Husey's pretty handy, isn't he? Husey's Hughes Hughes? good. He's annoying in the sense that he kind of just slices everything back and waits for you to screw up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Back to Ash Williams. Uh, did he have his shirt off the time you played? I requested that he <laughs> played with his shirt off. <laughs> but he did. He doesn't keep the lid on for nah, too long. Nah. Yeah. And fair enough. He's he's done well for himself. Yeah. 
Uh, we've played a couple of times. We have. We've had a hit by you your were. old apartment there in Melbourne. And yeah, it was still good. It's always good to get out and have a hit. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah. Think, I think my best score against you was 6-1, Right. Once. Yeah, yeah. Every other time it's kind of... You, you, you've got like a bagel song you do or you... A bagel song. If it's six love, if you beat me six love, you had some sort of... Yeah. Bagel song sounds like some kind of Jewish reference. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I did the Heidel Deidel when I, <laughs> when I beat you, but I definitely maybe introduced the term bagel to you because was yeah. that you who yeah. hadn't heard it before? Yeah. Yeah. It's so a pretty it common... zero, really. Yeah. The shape. Obviously. Yeah, common tennis term, but <laughs> was happy to serve you a tasty bagel. <laughs> you seem to get a lot of joy out of humiliating me on the tennis court. <laughs> Did I? No. <laughs> I Man, if anything, I, I would love a, just a competitive match. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I played a dude the other day. He used to be on radio. I guess I won't say his name, but he was like, kept bugging <laughs> me to play a match. And then we finally got out there and he sucked so bad <laughs> that it was double bagel and just so boring. Really? So boring. So not like I, I've got better game than this person. Yeah, yeah. Radio person. Oh, yeah. It's nice to know. Totally. Uh, you grew up in Kansas City. Correct. America. America. You, United States. America, yeah. Most Australians, like when I think Kansas, like most Australians, most people around the world, I think Wizard of Oz. Yep. Great film. Great film. Came out Classic. a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and Tornadoes. Yes, which is in Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Features heavily. Yeah. Yeah. What are some things about Kansas that I wouldn't know about? Some good facts about Kansas City that listeners just wouldn't be aware of? Well, I think uh, the fact that Kansas City overlaps two states so it's bisected by a state line and there's kansas city missouri and there's kansas city kansas a lot of people know that it's confusing to a lot of people really confusing yeah because um kansas city missouri would be the more i think populated and uh uh urban for lack of a better Mm. word where the other side may be more sleepy but you know it covers the same area it's um it's a great city like you know i spent 18, 19 years of my life there and mm. then got out. Um, <laughs> uh, the best barbecue in the world? Really? Definitely. On your, on the, on your side? Uh, it's, it basically covers both sides. Okay. Yeah, because it's a certain style. And obviously, I'm biased, but I've tried barbecue everywhere else. And I would say the best barbecue. It's known for jazz. Um, a huge, huge um, university teams um ku basketball is massive mm-hmm. kansas state football is bigger for them okay and then huge rivalries with the missouri across so. yeah so what was the reason for putting a line through the midi- middle of a city two uh, states it sounds i don't actually I, they would have taught us the history at some point <laughs> but i was probably <laughs> skipping class to smoke ditch weed <laughs> with the other skate rats i grew up with right yeah was uh, the weed from the missouri side or the if it was from side? the missouri side it was much better the kansas side was the ditch weed <laughs> side so we would try to source from missouri um i i can't remember exactly you know the states obviously cut up into 50 pieces and for whatever reason they decided to plan it that way mm. so but kansas city kansas kansas city missouri mm. um yeah and we grew up probably a five minute walk from state line road oh. on the kansas side so would you never go to the other 
We city? would. We had. We had people like friends that would move to the other side of State Line Road, Ooh. and so the, then we would venture over. Were they looked? Was that a no? No, like to move to the other side. It wasn't like Shelbyville and Springfield. That's what I get. Yeah, um, it was different because once you moved to the other side, obviously governed by different state laws, and then. Um, you wouldn't people who moved over to that side wouldn't be in the same school district as us anymore, so oh. they couldn't go to the same schools. So yeah, it's uh, separate but equal. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Did you have to ever get into a bunker when a tornado hit? Uh, did your no, house have a bunker? We didn't have a storm shelter. Plenty of friends' houses did. I think um, we had a basement, which would have doubled as a mm-hmm. as a bunker. Um, I remember the movie Gleaming the Cube. Did you ever see that? <laughs> what? Do you remember? No. I've never even heard it's of it. A, it's I thought sca- you were going to say Twister. No, <laughs> like, no, I was no, getting no. excited. Dude, Gleaming the Cube is a... Gleaming? Gleaming. L- okay. G-L-E-A-M-I-N-G. The Cube. Mm-hmm. It's an 80s uh, skateboarding movie starring <laughs> Christian Slater oh. in which he solves a murder mystery and fights crime on his skateboard. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and in it, one of his buddies has a uh, storm shelter that he turns into like this sweet skate den Mm. and so i always wish that we had a bomb shelter just so we could convert it into (laughs) this rad you know like a ball skate hole yeah he had like a tiny little half pipe that's cool yeah so i mean i always think of that but um (laughs) yeah wizard of oz is the general like either heckle i get or that people bring up no place like home Mm. or whatever superman a bit because Smallville's oh. in Kansas. Ah, yeah. Cool. So interestingly, yeah, Superman and Dorothy both mm. got the fuck out of Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike Goldstein. And me. Eventually. Yep. Do you, you said there that you stayed till you were 18 or 19. Do people generally that grow up there leave? Is that somewhere that you, you wouldn't stay? Uh, look, the guys I grew up with generally have scattered across the country. Mm-hmm. There's one in Florida. There's a couple in California. Um, but it's interesting. I go back and I go back once a year for at least a, you know, a few weeks and I'll go to some of the old bars and just see the same guys from high oh, school. Really? Yeah, yeah, totally. So a lot of people stay for good. A lot leave for um, college, university, whatever, and mm-hmm. then come back uh, to start a family right. because it is it is safe and nice. Yeah. And, yeah. What's the industry there, the big industry? That- uh, that would be wheat. Oh, right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So it's pretty farmy. It's farming, yeah, for sure. It's like the plains. It's yeah. the the breadbasket of America. Oh, it's right. cool. Yeah. Have you the film um, Jesus Creepers wasn't shot in Kansas, was it? I think that's Nebraska. Okay. There's it's a lot of close. Yeah, Nebraska is just north of us, mm. and um, yeah, that's all cornfields and field of dreams. And, yeah. yeah, all that. <laughs> but it's all the it's all the heartland, you know, yeah. in the Midwest. Yeah. So, and I've I've heard people from that area are the nicest in the states. They are. Know? Yeah, that's it's the most polite. Well, this you get a southern hospitality, but I feel uh, Midwest very polite, nice, and I have no idea how I'm a product. <laughs> Of that area, but here we are. <laughs> You've been in Australia half, yeah. half the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Half the time, so it's pretty Australia. Yeah. Um, your dad is Jewish, and he, your mum's Sri Lankan. Correct. Interesting combo. The, the weirdest combo. Yeah. yeah. How did they? How did they meet? Uh, they met. He was in medical school at in Belgium, and she went to some like dance the medical school put on. Uh, one of her friends told her to come along. 
And so it was like a mixer, whatever. Mm. And um, she was introduced to my dad and his, uh, you know, masculine <laughs> Jewish prowess <laughs> did not go unnoticed. And then, yeah, they started dating. So they met in Belgium. Um, what was, your, was your mom living there at the time or she was there on holidays? So she grew up in Sri Lanka and um, she was a nun for a while. She was right. at a convent in Sri Lanka and then decided after, I think she let two years, she was there. Mm-hmm. And then decided it wasn't for her, went to stay with her brother who had moved to London and then decided to see more of Europe, went wow. up to Belgium, was working as a secretary and went met a hot Jew doctor. Fuck. Well, doctor in training. The things that to happen for that, oh yeah, for them to meet and then for you now to be sitting here in yeah. Ibis in Perth is quite cool. Yeah, yeah. How, how old was she when she became a nun? Uh, I want to say... mid-20s maybe yeah Yeah. early to mid-20s and was your dad very um like strict with his his judaism yeah i guess so i mean because we were kind of raised both we kind of had the option you know like catholic or jewish and of course you give kids the option and they're just not going to do either (laughs) you know but then you know the I, he was raised, definitely he was raised Jewish, um, the single mom in uh, just outside of Boston, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then with us, it was kind of up in the air and they're like, oh, do you want to do this traditional rite of passage, the bar mitzvah, right? And I was like, well, what's that? And, you know, I was told that uh, you have to pass all these Hebrew tests, mm. and Jewish tests, and then you have a huge party at the end of it, and people come from all over the world. And what age is that? Thirteen, yeah. right? And then you so got. Is it becoming a man? Is it the- becoming a man? But there's also the bat mitzvah for uh, the the females. Ah, okay, yeah. yeah. So, um, and then you have a huge party, and everyone comes and gives you cash. And when I heard the cash <laughs> part, I said, "I will do it." Which that was the first Jewish test. <laughs> So up until that point, were you not really... Yeah, we would go to like Sunday school and then I guess we kind of had the option to go to mass with mom and we did we did both. We did Christmas and Hanukkah. So wow, yeah, we, we doubled down. <laughs> yeah. But the Hanukkah gifts was like fucking socks and, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, and then yeah. Christmas, we got the good shit. So <laughs> it was kind of, I guess, leaning heavily in, in Jesus's favor. <laughs> yeah. Did you have uh, Jewish friends that were... Yeah, very intrigued by that situation. Uh, I I knew some of the other Jewish kids, but they weren't in my tight circle because there's a group of guys um, who you'll meet at uh, my wedding next mm. year that I've known since I was you know five years old, mm. um, and none of them were Jewish, so I wasn't fully ensconced in that. And then also, I think one of the biggest kind of cliches and stereotypes is having a Jewish mother, you know, mm. that like kind of henpecks you, and right, yeah. and I had this you know chilled. Catholic <laughs> Sri Lankan mom. <laughs> so very different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you became a man. I aged. became a man. <laughs> well, the thing is, I was a late bloomer. So I was up there with my high pitched little squealy, <laughs> dorky kid's voice. And I don't think I hit puberty for another two years. <laughs> so they said, my rabbi told me I was a man, but he was full of shit. <laughs> Do you remember how much cash you made on the day? Man, it was uh, it was quite decent. I think it was uh, uh, at least two and a half Gs. What? Yeah. That's good money. Dude, it's great money. So we're money. talking 1996, 1995? Yeah. yeah, yeah, around then. It's, yeah. yeah. That's, that's good mid-90s money. Yeah. Do you get yourself a PlayStation 1 or something like that? I think I... 
Well, I was forced to put it into some kind of savings account, and then yeah, that is it. That's that. That, that would yeah. Well, probably a joint decision, yeah. and then eventually I had access to it when I turned eighteen, and then just blew it all on travel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> straight away within like a few months. Do you remember how much it had accumulated to? I think it was just three and a bit something. Okay. Yeah, not yeah. massive, but okay. One flight, one yeah. international flight return. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, what high school did you go to? In, in I went Canada? to Blue Valley North. Blue Valley, the that's home, such an American. The home of the Mustangs. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it says on the on the front of the school? Home of the Mustangs? Yeah, yeah, home of the Mustangs. That's great. Yeah. Did you ever play for the Mustangs? I, uh, I was in marching band. Hang on. <laughs> this, is, this is good. This is good. God damn it. I'm being so honest here. I could just I could just go, yeah, played wide, wide receiver, <laughs> yeah. letter jacket, hooked up with all the cheerleaders. <laughs> but no, I'm hitting the triangle in marching band. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, because um, my brother was such a phenomenal athlete, I kind of didn't go down that path. I was like I said before, a little skate rat, and um, and then eventually played drums. And I think under the proviso that my parents wanted it to be an extracurricular uh, thing as well. So I played in the marching band for three of four years of high school. <laughs> yeah, and they like made you wear a little hat with a feather yeah. that stuck up. I yeah. think you put photos of it online before. Yeah, mm. Shannon got access to it and then they've been shared and I've been <laughs> publicly shamed. It's funny because you, your face in the photos look like I would imagine you would feel just yeah. quite, you look quite upset and angry. Yeah, yeah. But the outfit just sort of says we're having a good time oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But in step yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah we're having a good time in step and uh so you had a drum attached to you so i played freshman year i played the bass drum which is the massive mm. one and you're hitting the other side and then um and this is like before and half time of the of the uh, mustangs game yeah and then you also go and compete against other marching band teams Christ. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so that was so i had to prove my medal on the um on the bass drum and then i uh, graduated up to um snare drum uh that was sophomore year and junior graduation up to snare well it's much better it's like way cooler like there is dipshits that they make hold symbols and shit for you and you know (laughs) and the snare drum is like outside of the quad drum was was the cooler Mm. option and so then that's when i started hooking up with all the (laughs) all the cheerleaders (laughs) yeah but it was man it was it made me a better drummer for sure and i was quite good for a while yeah yeah so did you drum in bands with your mates yeah, yeah. So I'll share all the embarrassing. <laughs> I was in a ska punk band uh, called Smooth Operator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where did the name? Just from the songs. We Operator? covered uh, Smooth Operator by Sa- Sade. Yeah. Say, yeah. We covered that, but did a ska punk version. Yeah. And then we're like, let's just go with Smooth Operator. And then uh, that lasted for most of high school. We played some decent shows, and you know, would play friends' parties and stuff. Mm. And um, so you had how many how many piece band? It was only three of us. Yeah. How did you? Because ska needs well, no horns. No yeah, horns. ska punk. Ska you punk. Yeah, okay. you can skip the horns. So you, no, well, mighty mighty Boston's that that's uh, they were quite well they had they had the horn line in there yeah. and uh, you know come to horn think of line. it I had <laughs> I had I had access to all the brass players in the marching band but yeah. 
they were they weren't cool enough for smooth operator <laughs> and i think it because there was a band we worship that was just three dudes and so we were kind of emulating them green day uh no it was a local band called the gadgets really uh did they go on to reach any heights they got signed by uh tim armstrong of rancid mm-hmm. fame's uh side label hellcat mm-hmm. and then I think released one of the better albums on that label and then never really popped and then changed their name to The Architects, which there's like five different bands called The Architects, Mm. and then toured uh, extensively and then, yeah, struggled. And now I see the dude on Facebook now and he's just like, I think he's a a tattoo artist or something. Okay. Yeah. So the gadgets never really took off. (laughs) Yeah. So Smooth Operator, you played a few... That that would have got you a bit more cred with the with the ladies, yeah, yeah. Just, just the but like I said, late bloomer. So I was just sitting behind that drum kit, just totally prepubescent, <laughs> voice cracking. Like, oh, he's ready to rock, <laughs> and um, yeah. And our lead singer was the was was the uh, the real ladies man. But I'm, I'm picturing that you know that classic Simpsons nerd they have like the teenager that's always he's always yeah. in the burger joint or he's in the cinema just working. Pimply yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was me that was basically me yeah what bands did you listen to that were on a bigger than than the uh than that local band oh well rancid scale? rancid was our was the kind of top tier outcome mm. the wolves had just uh, been released mm. and that album to this day is, oh, fantastic wall to wall one of the best so good, yeah, yeah. Um, so they were, we worshiped them and the gadgets would play shows with them and we'd tag along. And so met Rancid and really, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. I so remember was, it was Lars there then. Lars was in the band there. Yeah. yeah. Come, and, uh, uh, Tim Armstrong who had a, one of the most famous Mohawks at the mm. time was just starting to go really bald. And I remember when we met him, like he was going so bald that the front spike was like in the middle of his <laughs> middle of his scalp because he was just holding on to it it was the best but and he yeah. just went full bald he just went full bald and now he's got a spider web tattoo on his head oh, yeah because yeah. they, they still tour a little bit don't they they do um they kind of uh they're producing uh up and coming bands now there's kind of a ska punk revival at the moment right yeah the, are, they, are they classed as ska punk are they yeah Okay. Yeah, mainly more punk, but a lot of ska influence. Mm. Did yeah. you listen to any full punk, like Pennywise? Of course. Yeah, yeah, I loved all that stuff. Screeching mm. Weasel to this day, one of my favorite yeah. bands. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do you find it interesting that we got all those, that we had fat records and we got all that? Like my school, I had a couple of mates who subscribed to fat records and would get all the latest, just buy everything. Yeah. Pulley. No like, effects. No effects. Lag just, wagon. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. Do you find that weird that that made it to... No. A small country town in New South Wales. I don't think so because you guys, you know, it's surf culture and skate culture and mm. like that was the, the best and the, the biggest that yeah. was being produced. Mm. So Pennywise Full Circle is my first album I ever bought. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, you had some responses like Living End and Frenzel Rom. Mm. But yeah, yeah Body Jar. No, they're... Yeah. Body yeah. Jar is Australian. Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Were you, were you a uh, good boy at school? You sound like if you're in the band, were you? Were you? No, gra- I was a complete grades. Oh uh, no, I was I was terrible, man. I was a complete 
piece of shit. Like I've made my parents' life hell. Really? Yeah. I, I was like, I was skipping school all the time. I was just skateboarding really? and yeah, smoking a ton of weed. And listen to that music. So you're really Yeah. Yeah. Basically doing what all their film clips. Oh, total degenerate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm like, man, fuck society. Yeah, and then I'm yeah. going to my parents, you know, upper middle class home at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I was very, I was a, yeah, degenerate for lack of a better term. And that was just, you know, high school was, um, that was kind of our group. But then towards the end of high school, some of the guys got kind of heavily into golf and stuff. And then so like we almost turned preppy by the end. Huh. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So was it too late for you to score good grades if you would? mucked up that much yeah my grades were shit just because i didn't apply myself and i was lazy and i remember like once i went to university and like just started trying i was like this Mm. is easy right yeah so you were you were if you applied yourself yeah but i was always cutting class and we got into drinking at a very early age and yeah there was a hallucinogenics and it was all (laughs) it was at kansas what else do you do man (laughs) you take mushrooms and go sit at the arboretum (laughs) And it's yeah, it was the best. Yeah, right. Yeah, mushrooms from your side of town. Our so yeah, d- definitely the the farm side. <laughs> it's the better, yeah. better shrooms. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, no good in high school. Yeah, I was a pain in the ass as a kid. Did, did was any of that because your brother was a a star athlete and things? Was Probably. That- well, it's strange with my brother. Is like the my oldest brother was like varsity level in any sport he tried, mm. you know? And then he kind of uh, rallied against that and he was in a, a thrash metal band wow. called Psychodacy. <laughs> yeah, and he had long hair. And um, they still, apparently they still, the soccer teams at Blue Valley North, when they when someone starts growing their hair, the coach, still the same coach, he goes, I don't want any Danny Goldsteins on this team. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's so American, but so cool. <laughs> I know. So yeah, his, his legacy lives on. And then I had a middle brother that was the theater dweeb. Okay. So yeah. yeah. And my sister was much older than me. So yeah, we never were at high school at the same time. Okay. Yeah. You're listening to Taking It Easy with Daniel Connell. Hey, before we go back to the podcast, I want to tell you about someone. That someone is Melbourne-based photographer Nicole Reed. One of the most sought-after photographers going around, Nicole has taken photos for all sorts of people. Comedians like Peter Hellier and Anne Edmonds, musical acts like the Hilltop Hoods, and sports stars like Buddy Franklin. If you want to see how great her work is, I suggest you head over to her Instagram page. It's Nicole Reed Photographer. While you're at it, you may as well jump on her website, which is www.nicolereed.photography. Get in contact and book in a shoot today. Now let's get back to the podcast. Um, during your time at uh, Home of the Mustangs, did you notice security change in schooling in America over that time? I was keen to find out that. Yeah, you, you sort of were there. Would have been there mid nineties to early two thousands. Well, so left in two thousand. Um, so right before Columbine. Ah, uh, right before. Right, okay. but some of my friends and you know some guys I hung out with too were still in school, and that's when they installed all the metal detectors mm. and all the cameras. Um, but so we luckily 
never obviously experienced the school shooting, but we also didn't have that level of security, which made it way easier to just walk out of the school, Mm. right? Because now you go, oh, I didn't skip class. I was there. I just got it late or whatever bullshit. But now they're like, well, we have footage (laughs) of you leaving. So yeah, it made it much harder for them to, to cut class and stuff but um so that kicked in pretty much right after i left okay yeah, yeah. columbine was the first big one right yeah, yeah. was that 2001 yeah right uh did your dad have a gun uh no no my friends dads for sure but uh you know i was in a catholic jewish liberal mm. household <laughs> and we didn't even have a 22 yeah, I don't know. No guns growing up, but then I could just go to my buddy's house down the street and yeah. shoot squirrels with a rifle. <laughs> yeah, because he, uh, like when I was that age growing up, I, I just assume every American has a gun. Yeah, the way the way it's portrayed in the media. Yeah, so you actually could go a year without seeing one, or would you be seeing them? I think I would be seeing them a bit because just the the guys I grew up with had access, and then of course you want to you know fuck around with the. <laughs> with a gun right. it's amazing we're alive you know we're taking mushrooms and throwing guns around <laughs> but um Smooth oh yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so no yeah i think generally they were around but just 22s and air rifles mm. and stuff and then you know there's always horror stories of kids playing around and one shooting the other mm. you know so yeah but now the guys especially the ones that are still in kansas have like handguns around the house mm. yeah oh, crazy oh dude when i just went back the thing is because it's open carry laws in kansas mm. right so that means you can just fucking put it put on your holster and walk around in public wow. right and so what they're doing now is a lot of the shops have a little symbol out front and it's a gun with a cross through it like mm-hmm. please no guns when you're in our shop and yeah. i was like how stupid <laughs> Surely the person with the gun decides, you know, <laughs> whether yeah, they, and he's yeah. not going to like be strapped and then walk up to, you know, Kansas City's whatever barbecue outlet and be like, oh, well, I better go back to the car because they said no guns, please, <laughs> yeah. you know. And we went to this fried chicken place when I was just there a few months ago. And yeah, there's literally just a few guys just walking around with their, their guns holstered. And, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so you finish up with the home of the Mustangs. Yes. 2000. Yeah. Then you go to university, start pulling your finger out, you get using your brain. That's it. Well, I went traveling for a while. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was basically a gap year okay. type deal. Is and it pretty popular? Yeah, no, not really because Americans kind of stay in America. But my sister was living in London and I went and stayed with her for a while. And then I just started traveling around Southeast Asia, went over to Sydney. That's how I ended up in Australia for the first time. I have some family in Perth, came over to Perth, mm-hmm. went to a couple semesters at Edith Cowan University. Oh, right. And then decided I wanted to go back to the States. So I went, then I went back to Kansas University. Yeah. And what did you study? Uh, that was just a general, like, because the way American universities work, you don't declare a major till after, I think it's three years or even four years in. So it was just, you just do a general kind of degree until you decide where to focus, which I think is a better system. Yeah, It's so insane in Australia that when you're 17, 18 years old, they're like, what do you want to be? Oh, forever. Now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you decide now. At least in the States, you're at university for a few years before mm. you go, okay, I'm better at this, so I'm going to go into that. So what are you actually doing now? 
You're doing everything. You're doing uh, math, okay. science, yeah. yeah, all the all the cores, and then the um, the whatever whatever interests you on the side. Um, what was the team mascot at uh, K K U? The Jayhawk. Jayhawk. Rock chalk Jayhawk. <laughs> so good. You love this. Oh, I love. You love Americana. You love yeah. Because yeah. we because Australia really was. Especially through the night, like Americans, things really flooded here when I was a kid. Like, so yeah, it just—it's still now. I've never been there, but there's just something about it that there's an aura about it for some reason. I see that you know there's horrible parts. Yeah, and you know Trump's in charge and everything, but I still want to go there and check it out. Like, there's parts of it that are really oh, it's great, appealing. man, and it's you know the the food is cheap and massive servings, and the people are massive <laughs> because of it, and um, it's. Man, I go like I said. I go back every year. Uh, my brother and sister live in New York, so I'll stay there for a while. Then I'll go to Kansas for a couple of weeks and see some buddies in California. That's yeah. the general thing. And I think what appeals to me so much is how different it is in all the different parts. Yeah. Like it's just sounds. That's it. New York doesn't even feel like it's part of America. Oh, right. You know, it's just like such a melting pot of and millions of people and then the midwest is like pure americana mm. and then california is so different so i get that good cross-section mm. pretty much every time i go that's nice um were you in a frat house at university is that where they do frat houses? i never did the frat pledging but i went to plenty <laughs> of frat parties did you? yeah yeah drinking out of the red cups, red, red cups, cups red cups beer pong <laughs> is yeah. it exactly how it looks like they make it out on the movies. It is. It is a lot <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. It's good, you know. But it's um, it's those dudes. It was never really my scene, pledging and mm. and living in a frat house. So when I was there, um, did yeah. you tell them you were from Smooth Operator? Or I was they? like, man, I'm from Smooth <laughs> Operator. I was lead snare drum for the Mustangs, <laughs> BVN. What's up? <laughs> and they they beat me up. <laughs> uh-huh. Did you know anyone that went through like a hazing ritual with a frat house? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that few, as, as brutal as, as it's? I think it depends on the frat, but most of it is just like drink till you have alcohol poisoning. Okay. And then there's like paddlings. You hear about that shit. As in smacking on the ass. Yeah, with like giant paddles until you can't sit for a week. <laughs> it's all homoerotic. And <laughs> yeah, it's a definite type. They're straight, they're the boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so no, I definitely knew a few guys who did it, but yeah, not for me. <laughs> so then you chose law. Uh, eventually, eventually. I was... Uh, I did a, what was it called? I can't even remember the initial. I ended up at UWA in Perth, the University of Western Australia, and I got a an initial degree in English and literature. So this is post-KU? Yeah. I came back. back here. KU, I came back with a couple of the guys I grew up with because they wanted to study abroad. And I was like, well, I know Australia. Let's do that. Mm. And then chose Perth. I really, in, in retrospect, I kind of wish we did Sydney or something because okay. I'd already done Perth. But I felt, I don't know, I guess I talked him into it because I was like, oh, I know the place and let's go. And it's great. It's the best beaches in the world, mm. blah, blah, blah. And then, um, yeah, one of them was here for a year and a half. One just did the six months, a semester. And then I just stayed on at UWA. So that was from 2004. Yeah, around then. Yeah, 2004. And then got the English degree and then took the three-year graduate uh, diploma of law after Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So if you're studying here, you can stay here the whole time. Yeah, it was a whole thing where you have to kind of go back and apply for the student visa and then got that and then but then once i had the law degree 
and uh, I got a firm to do my sponsorship, and then it was easy to get permanent residency mm. from there. Yeah. Yep. So you growing up in the Midwest. Yep. Is because you wouldn't have seen many beaches growing up. Is no. that why the appeal? Perth, do you think like you definitely? I mean, because you seem to be you like the outdoors and yeah, going to the beach and yeah, having a nice tan. Oh, dude, good tan, good, good pectoral <laughs> muscles. <laughs> so I'm all about that. I'm all about that life. And then it was, uh, uh yeah, definitely you grow up landlocked, and then all of a sudden, I mean, you're around some of the nicest beaches mm. in the world. That was a selling point. And then I remember to be this sounds kind of lame now but having an american accent was a plus for a while people were kind of not you know they were not intrigued in, intrigued yeah by it so um but then eventually you know george bush was president george w i should say was president <laughs> for a while and then people started to kind of hate americans <laughs> and then obama brought it back again but now we're we're totally <laughs> fucked <laughs> yeah i feel like it's changed it's different though when george w was in power people hated americans and with trump they kind of it's almost they're embarrassed for us yeah yeah but some there's plenty of Aussies that like Trump as well. Though. Like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I don't know if you've seen in my stand-up set, but I do an anti-Trump joke followed closely by a pro-Trump one, <laughs> just to gauge the room, and it's it's insane. Like so many more people are going for the pro-Trump one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Did you think you'd stay in Australia as long as you have now? No, no. I uh, I think it was just the plan was to eventually go back to the states, but then. You know, I met a girl and then you mm. kind of stick around because of that. And then that <laughs> fell through and then I met another girl. So it's just women have ruined my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm glad I stayed, man. Honestly, yeah. now I've basically done half my life in America and half my life here. Mm. And it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were meeting ladies in Perth, when yep. you came out, what were you using as your pickup lines? Like the American accent would have worked, but then were you mentioning? Yeah. Snare drum. Yeah, yeah, smooth yeah. Smooth operator. operator. I would just put on like a deep south American accent. I'd be like, hey, y'all got ranch dressing. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd be like, is this guy, is he's just a bit special? And then, uh, no, I don't know if I had any set pickup line. I was, you know, a raging alcoholic when I was out here. So, so I was just meeting people that way. Yeah. Uh, and then comedy comes into the. Comedy comes in. I'd like I'd done some shitty open mics back in America, but nothing serious. And then 2005, yeah, I did raw comedy. Might have been the start of 2006. I should probably know that. But um, yeah, t I think 2005 I did the raw comedy Triple J competition. Was was stand up always in your periphery? Did you watch a lot when you were a kid? I watched a ton. I loved it. I just could from. I remember watching so much that even before I started, I got to that point where I stopped laughing at it, where I <laughs> wow. would just like sniff, you know, That's the, the loud too much, yeah. when I when I like something. I'm, <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, I was almost jaded on comedy before I ever started <laughs> because I was uh, such a massive fan. I used to. Uh, as a kid, I would reenact Steve Martin sketches from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah. So he was, and then Jim Carrey, uh, first stand-up I ever saw live. Jim Carrey? Yeah, we went, my sister was at the Kansas University, and he was performing, doing the college circuit. What? And uh, we loved him on In Living Color, and she was like, come up and watch Jim Carrey. And that was the first live stand-up I saw. That's pretty cool. Oh, amazing. How, so that's, it. You, were you only in? 
Because Living Colour was, what, early 90s? Yeah, so I must have been around my bar mitzvah age. Yeah, it must have been around 12. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And was he amazing? Like, so good. Like, he had the, I remember he had a terrible opening act, and then he came <laughs> out and did an hour and just crushed the entire time. Just voices and voices and he, huge act outs and yeah. yeah yeah just the most rubbery face you know he must have been what i guess late 20s at mm-hmm. the time or something so and uh yeah he was he was a favorite amongst the family so that was that was huge so that was pre ice ventura pet detective pre pet detective um but he was on and he came to our attention because of in living color mm. and then when i found out he was doing stand-up and i remember he had a few kind of dirty-ish jokes or just risque and we went with the whole family so my parents were there (laughs) my catholic you know former nun mom wasn't very impressed but yeah oh yeah it was a formative experience because just seeing him own the room like that yeah yeah. it's interesting because most comics when they watch the first couple of comedians they see live often their style will kind of be similar yeah you're you just stand and deliver. <laughs> yeah, never seen not wacky. Face or do a backflip on stage. Yeah, I, I mean, if I could act or you know had his his insane uh, voice and face talent, it, maybe. But I I feel like an asshole. And <laughs> if I write a joke that even has a big act out, I'll like never do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how, how did you find the Perth scene once you got into it? Uh, when I started, it was um, there was a very old guard, guy, guys who had been going since the kind of mid to late 90s. And then there was people who were just starting. It was me, um, Xavier Michaelides, uh, John Conway, Ben Russell. Um, and then everyone was just kind of meeting for the first time. And yeah. we all just became real quick friends yeah. and would just do gigs and then have massive parties afterwards. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that was the crew. So I liked those dudes straight away. And uh, then just kind of, it was it was way smaller than it is now. Mm. There's really no open mics. There's two clubs running. Mm. Yeah. So different. But um, yeah, it's crazy to think. I've been doing comedy in Perth for Almost 15 years now. <laughs> Christ. Did you ever do mining gigs when you were based here? I did. I did the mining tour. Brutal. Yeah, yeah. So, Oh, man. I've heard some good stories about... So, for these uh, WA obviously has a lot of mining industry, of the mining industry up north of Western Australia. And yep. right through, sort of right through, isn't it? Yeah. And sometimes comics will go in twos and threes and either fly or drive up for days yeah and sleep in cars or sleep on the side of the road sleep in tents sleep in cars sleep in these tiny little what they call dongas on a mine site mm. which is just like the size of a closet and yeah. yeah and then perform sometimes at breakfast time yeah so for the night shift workers you could be on stage at 7 a.m <laughs> and you just did a gig the night before and then obviously that's bizarre and <laughs> man it's it's one of the most tortuous Um, experiences I've had in comedy because I did one tour that was like five and a half weeks long so we were up (laughs) driving around the mine sites like all the way from Perth up to Darwin down to Alice Springs and then back up again and it was uh, and this was right after I stopped being a lawyer and I was Mm. like what the hell have I done (laughs) yeah so how long were you an actual lawyer for Uh, actual lawyer for almost two years Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you, 
you went that far into comedy when you stopped working altogether? Uh, so comedy was always just kind of like a fuck around there for like at least four years. And, you know, I would just because I was studying law yeah. and then I was a lawyer. And so it was just like I would just go to gigs because it was free booze was a huge selling point mm. for me. And like <laughs> I liked the guys I was hanging out with. But then 2010, um, yeah, I was working at my second firm. I had to. <laughs> Yeah, it's your second firm that you started. That I started. I was Gold a partner. I was wildly successful <laughs> in-house counsel for Rio Tinto. No, not. Um, but yeah, because the first firm I worked for, one of the biggest firms in the world, but they had um, they laid off all their juniors, like, and it was coming. Um, and I remember the dude in Sydney that worked at the firm that I'd met when we did like this corporate retreat called me and he said um you should know they're laying off their juniors over here in sydney it's going to spread to perth and i said well what should i do and he said take all your sick leave right now (laughs) and i did and when i was on sick leave i was getting calls from the other junior lawyers and they're like we're getting laid off Mm. and i was like well i'm still sick (laughs) and they were calling me and they're like you got to come into work you know we have something you you need to come in i was like i'm too sick to come in (laughs) and then because i was new it was coming probably the best thing i've ever done i showed up and like a tracksuit what i went in and then they just fired me and i was like cool see ya <laughs> but then eventually went and worked at another firm and then left that in 2010 okay yeah yeah that's cool you haven't been working for a while then. It's not. no full-time comedy for almost a decade that's lovely yeah and then in the last couple of years have you been in melbourne for three or two years longer i think we really? moved over in 2015 oh wow early 2000 oh, that's gone quick yeah so we moved over to Melbourne uh, with your partner Shannon in 2015. Correct. Why Melbourne? Uh, she got a job at the Australian Ballet. I feel like that came first. Yeah, and then um, and I was pushing for Sydney because I like the comedy scene in Sydney better. Oh, it is Ouch. what fighting words. It yeah. is better. Come on. Um, uh, and then um, <laughs> yeah, moved to Melbourne uh, 2015 and. Yeah, it was always going to be Melbourne or Sydney, and we are uh, also getting married at the end of the year, and we're going to reassess whether we want to move uh-huh. even to Sydney or America. Really? I'm thinking about it. Oh, shit. Yeah. A few scoops on the on the podcast tonight? Yeah, today. yeah, <laughs> big scoop. Uh, was it hard to leave... Perth, where you are now the king of Perth comedy, you'd worked your way to the top. No, I think doing I was the mines and, <laughs> uh, playing tennis every day. Well, the king of the, life. the king of Perth comedy is not a accolade. I think. Well, because there's just stand up. I've I've heard. The, I don't know if you heard this saying before. If you do local jokes, you'll only ever be a local comic. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And so I think I was in Perth too long and mm. I was doing, you know, suburb jokes. You'll hear them all tonight. <laughs> but uh, I think I was here too long. I wish I got out sooner. And you gig with a higher caliber of uh, comics over East. And I think, mm. you know, you up your game a little mm. bit. So, yeah. yeah. That's nice. We've been there for a little while now. Hopefully you stay on. Um, you started a podcast. I have. In Melbourne. Yes, with uh, a fellow comedian, Nick Capper. Capper yeah. Um, podcasts are sort of... Yeah, getting up and about now, aren't they? Like a few people are doing them. Yeah, yeah. It seems seems to be the thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your podcast is called Phone Hacks. For anybody out there listening that hasn't heard it before, it's worth a listen. I've been on a couple of times. What you do it sounds brutal and it makes people anxious, but yeah. it's a great idea. Is you take uh, your guest's phone. Yeah, we all swap phones. We all swap phones in yeah. clock 
clockwise direction. Yeah. And then you have challenges. And sometimes a challenge might mean that me giving you, you know, you've got my phone. Yeah. You could send a message to all my contacts if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah. could say something absolutely fucked. <laughs> and you just have to cop it and let it happen. Yeah. We tend to kind of stray away from texting people directly unless it's a direct message on instagram but then we go for like celebrities or mm. something you know yeah. um because we don't want it we never read anyone's text messages because that's private and then mm. you're implicating a third party that's not privy this is my law degree <laughs> coming back in um but we swap <laughs> like phones it's the perfect podcast to actually have a law degree yeah yeah you. totally we've we've been in some dicey situations <laughs> um but yeah you swap phones and then we either go through draft tweets notes camera roll search history and then you chat about what comes up but then you send something out from someone's phone at the end either a facebook post a tweet uh instagram whatever and it's great it's been a lot of fun i don't <laughs> I, it's so funny and capper and i are kind of like an odd couple yeah yeah so it's kind of the perfect that's what you want though yeah when you're, you're with another person you want yeah totally yeah different um you you he kind of he's a bit out there yeah and you're a bit more brutal yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally um to give people an idea of the sort of things they're doing this is what happened with me i uh, had a gambling issue from about ages of 17 to 24 25 surely that's come up on this um, before. i think i've spoken about it in, in other episodes maybe right here and there and lost a lot of money but stopped gambling at about 25 uh pretty like serious i've done a show about it i've done a show about my gambling problems all my family knows i had a problem mates know that now after the show yeah come on your show and kaffa <laughs> made me i i had to um on my facebook page put a photo of a winning ticket yes a tab ticket and then put I'm back, baby. I'm back, baby. <laughs> but the thing is, you were so you were one of our favorite guests, <laughs> and then you were so cool with it. We thought we because half the time we float ideas to people. Mm. We go, "What if we put this out?" And they're like, "I'm not doing that." <laughs> but you were like, "Yeah, whatever. Let's do yeah, it." Well, I knew that I would be able to an hour. You give people an hour to yeah. be able to leave it up on Facebook and take it down. But yeah. I got private messages from cousins inundated that I hadn't spoken to for ages. Just like. Oh, Dan, are you all right? Yeah. Like it, was, it made me very anxious. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. even thinking about it again makes me feel horrible. <laughs> well, because we have the fail-safe, uh, like you said, of just going, oh, I was on the Phone Hacks podcast. And I feel like enough people know what we're doing now that that is almost a good saving mm. you know, announcement. Well, well, a lot of the time, if anybody in the whole comedy scene of Australia sees a comedian or someone around the scene put up a post... yeah. That's a bit. Oh, that's questionable. What's going on there? Yeah, people assume phone hacks podcast. Yeah, yeah. But some people are putting up things. It's just them. It's just them. They're just being themselves. Yeah, and it's almost the best troll now (laughs) to make them think that oh, this must be Capper and Goldstein. (laughs) But it's uh, no, it's uh, it's just them being the giant (laughs) douche that they are. Uh, so yes, if you're listening, check out the Phone Hacks podcast. Yes, uh, after this one, of course. Uh, you mentioned there briefly that you said you might go back to America. Maybe it's in the air. But do you is do you miss home? Do you miss America? Uh, I I think I go back enough that I get my yearly dose. You know, like I was just back for five weeks mm. um, a few months ago. I think I. 
I miss the guys, you know, that I grew mm. up with. But then, like I said, they're all over the country. So if I went back, uh, we haven't even decided on a city. I floated San Diego. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think right now it's it's very depending on my partner's job, what she it's up to her. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I could just float around and do stand up. Yeah. 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 And she's she produces some pretty important Oh yeah. People in You're a producer. <laughs> yeah. She's produced I don't want her to get <laughs> um, And do you want to get back there because Trump's like in charge at the moment? You obviously I love the man <laughs> and Kansas I support is a Trump him. state. Kansas know. is yeah, is notoriously a Trump state mm. and that's uh you know, I've voted in the past elections. It doesn't matter if I vote Democrat because uh, it goes state by state and if the mm. state's overwhelmingly Republican it goes that way but um, my parents uh, defiantly anti-Trump and uh, they're having a rough go of it mm. living in Kansas still so do they make that known? well mom had uh, an uh, Obama bumper sticker on her car and her car has been keyed multiple times really? yeah 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 god it's oh. crazy to think that it's that it's at that level oh it's fever pitch and there's people, you know, that that uh, adorn their lawns with uh, "Make America Great Again" signs and mm. you know all the American flags I can find. So it's it's uh, it's it's different. It is, but um, I don't know. Like, who knows what happens in the next election? I see him winning again. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go back just because <laughs> I'd like to see it burn to the ground. <laughs> yeah. And do you miss the the chili and the food? Because every time we've ever eaten dinner together in yeah. Australia, you bring. This is no joke either for listeners. He actually brings his own sriracha hot sauce. Uh If he comes around for a roast, he'll bring a bottle of sriracha hot sauce and put it on a roast chicken Uh when it's already got gravy. Yeah. You seem like you've got an issue with... (laughs) Is it an issue? Or is it just a man who appreciates uh, (laughs) the muy caliente (laughs) side of life? Uh, yeah, it's an addiction. Definitely, I can't eat a savory meal without it being spicy. Is that the Sri Lankan? Probably, because yeah, we were eating very spicy curries from a young age, mm. and I yeah just load the spice up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, personally, I hope you stay in Australia, Mike. Thanks, man. Um, I hope uh, mainly because Shannon does my producing. At the yeah, yeah, time. you like my partner more than me. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, we can sort the chili thing out and get some Kansas chilies coming to Australia. Oh yeah, well start I'm, I'm import business. I'll start wearing a, a holster, but just have yeah sriracha in it <laughs> instead of guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well that is it. Uh, everybody, get around the podcast, the uh, Phone Hacks podcast. Have a listen to that. But that's about it, mate. Thanks very much for taking it easy with me. Thanks for having me. No worries. Hey, thanks very much for listening. If you'd like to get around Mike, you can follow him on Instagram. He's Comedy Mike Goldstein. He's on Twitter under at Mike Gstein and Facebook Mike Goldstein. That's Goldstein spelt G-O-L-D-S-T-E-I-N. Also check out his podcast with Nick Kappa. It's called The Phone Hacks. Well worth a listen. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends. That'd be much appreciated. Spread the word. Uh, If you listened on Spotify, send your friends to Spotify. Uh, If you listen on Apple iTunes, send your friends there. While you're there on there or you're there, leave a little comment or a rating. They'd be much appreciated. Uh, You can also listen on my website, danielconnell.com.au. 
Uh, if you jump on the website, you can check out my upcoming gigs. I've got a bunch of shows coming up. And in 2020, my new show, Cheers Big Ears, will be at all the festivals around Australia. Uh, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. If you're in a liking mood, you can check out my Instagram page, uh, Daniel Connell Comedy. And my Facebook page is the same one, Daniel Connell Comedy. I'm also on Twitter under at Daniel Connell 3. Uh, that is about it. Um, if this is your first episode, have a listen. There's a, a bunch of other episodes there you can listen to. Um, but if you've been listening to all of them, that's really much appreciated. But that's about it for this week, so take it easy. <laughs>